what kept you motivated or has kept you motivated because you're still in the field? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, one day I parked my car in that um, outdoor parking area at the corner of Central and Ezra Charles Drive, and I heard this deep voice behind me saying, hey, how are you doing? And I turned around, and it was a little boy who I used to pick up from Hayes Porter School. <laughs> and here he is, 18 years old, and finishing up in his last year of, of high school. Denise Stewart, the Senior Director of Diversity and Donor Relations for Children, Inc., started working in the West End in 1989. And just the idea that I had somewhat of a hand in that, or when I go to a graduation, I went to a graduation about six years ago, and um, I saw two of our first babies graduating, getting their diplomas, and I saw that mom sitting with their dad watching those two graduate and I'm like, like oh my goodness so that means that she got the message she finished high school and now her children are finishing high school hear her story in our 16th installment of the West End Stories Project I'm Key manager of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Libraries West End branch thanks for listening In a, in a way, I would call this work uh, part of my personal ministry, you know, to give back and help someone else to move forward to, because I've been given some opportunities that a lot of other people don't have. My mother impressed upon me from the beginning the importance of getting education. She was the only one of seven children in her family to actually finish her college degree. Um Two of her two siblings who were younger than her had an opportunity to go, but they didn't finish. But she made sure that my brother and me um, did our schoolwork, and we did it well, and that we went to school every day, and that we graduated, and that we were uh, went on to college. Right after I spoke with Ella Wooten, I recorded this conversation with Denise Stewart. Although their stories are quite different, they share some similarities. Both spent time in the West End and both attended Walnut Hills High School. However, Wooten lost opportunities when she became a teenage mother, and Stewart provided opportunities to teenage mothers 30 years later in the West End. I came to um, work for Dominican Community Services, which has always been located in the West End. It was an agency that was started by the Dominican Sisters of the Sick Poor when they settled in the West End of Cincinnati back in 1926. What they had done in the past was uh, was provide home visiting to the elderly. A lot of the sisters were nurses, and they went into the homes of the elderly to provide some of the health care that sometimes the elderly couldn't get to or they couldn't afford. Um, and then after after a period of years, they also added a couple of social workers to their staff because they realized that the elderly in the West End and some in the Over the Rhine were not having complete access to all the services that they needed. 
And there was a volunteer who worked on the Dominican Community Services Board. Her name was Marcia Simmons. She was um, working on her master's degree in nursing at the University of Cincinnati, and she did her master's thesis on teenage pregnancy and how it impacts education. And she did a lot of research um, with Cincinnati Public Schools and the health department about teen pregnancy in the Cincinnati area. And she discovered that Taft High School had, number one, the highest number of uh, teenage parents in the Cincinnati public school system, and also they had the highest high school dropout rate. And since the agency was always located in the West End and was committed to um, helping the poor and economically disadvantaged who lived in the West End, they decided, she decided it would be a good idea to um, start a program for teen parents. So she began that, process, that um, planning process in 1988. And I had the occasion to meet her at a workshop where I was presenting. And then um, in early 1989, she reached out to me and told me about this program they were developing for teen parents, and it was called Visions. And she asked me if I would be interested in coming to work there. Well, I was completely settled in the job that I already had, and I didn't think much about it when I saw it in the paper. She reached out to me again and asked me to please come and interview. And so I interviewed for that position in April of 1988, 1989, excuse me, and um, I was offered the job of education coordinator and volunteer coordinator on the spot. So in March, May of 18, 1989, I began um, my employment with Visions with Dominican Community Services to work on the program called Visions. It was going to be called Visions Child Care and Teen Support Center. And the basic um, reason for Visions to exist was to, number one, help the teenage moms, most of whom attended Taft High School and most of whom lived in the West End or the uh, over the Rhine, to stay in high school even though they had their babies because we found out that half of the girls dropped out of high school once they had their babies. One of the big reasons was that their families were not able to provide the, the child care. A teenage mother typically will have a mother and a lot of times a grandmother who's still in the workforce. So they were not able to care for the, the children and go to work also so that the girl could go to school. So a lot of them ended up dropping out of high school. Now, I took a lot of Chris, some criticism in the beginning because I'm not um, – I didn't grow up in the West End. Um, like I said, I was born in Lincoln Heights, and then my parents bought their our first house, and we moved to Evanston, and then we moved to Avondale. So that's where I grew up. And – but I think that those criticisms went away slowly because even though I didn't grow up in the West End, I made a commitment to um, helping the, the, the people who lived and worked in the West End and all, all those children and those young moms who came to our program. doesn't matter where I grew up. My, my life might be as different from yours as day is from night, but still, I have this passion to and desire to help you to uh, move from point A to point B. Although Visions was intended to help lift families out of poverty, everyone didn't view the program this way. 
What was most challenging for you? What was most challenging? (laughs) Well, in the beginning, I will say in the beginning, the attitude that some people in the public had towards our program. We heard things like, are you just making it easy for those girls to have keep having babies? Someone actually wrote a letter to the editor to the Cincinnati Enquirer stating that, um, you know, number one, chastising us for using private foundation dollars to um, renovate a space inside of a public housing uh, facility. And they referred to it as, quote, the West End Country Club. I mean, it actually was a very beautiful space. But I'm like, you've got to be kidding me <laughs> when, when, when that came out. Of course, Marcia Simmons, our uh, fearless director, wrote another one, uh, a letter to the Enquirer back in response to that and said, why shouldn't these children who live in poverty have a beautiful space to spend a good chunk of their days? What we are doing was funded by these private foundations because they believe in what we're trying to do. We're trying to prevent these um, young women from become being caught up in the cycle of poverty. We want to impress upon them the importance of um, finishing your education so that you can become a, a self-sufficient and contributing member to society. That's what we're trying to do. And these uh, private foundations and corporations agreed with the mission that we were trying to accomplish. And um, just to say that, you know, it, it call it, refer to it as the West End Country Club, there needs to be a beautiful space for all young children to be able to grow and thrive in. Visions provided a multitude of services, child care, parenting classes, support groups, educational support, vocational guidance, and so much more. You were saying that there's contributing factors to why some of these young women um, were young mothers. Um, what right. were those things that you discovered from being in a job? Okay. One one element was that it was a, one of the smaller elements, though, I have to say, is that um, a lot of these young ladies that we had were also the, the children of teenage parents. So we were, in some cases, there was a cycle, and we were trying to break that cycle. And so um, and, and, and other cases, I remember one case in particular where when the girls got to be a certain age, their parents just quit being parents. One, I remember one mother of a, a young, very young teenager. I mean, this young lady had her first child when she was in the eighth grade, and she was in middle school. She said to us that um, she knew that her child was sexually active from the time she was nine years old, but she couldn't do anything about it. And I remember feeling appalled and saying, what do you mean you couldn't do anything about the behavior of your nine-year-old? You know, I'm a parent. I have three daughters and um, and, and a son, and I just cannot imagine just st- stopping my parenting when my children were nine years old. A lot of times they didn't have um, – um, people that put the high value on going to school. 
um, they, the, the girls would show up like, I remember being like a second, acting like a second mother to a lot of them. Taft High School's class, bell rang at 845. They're walking in the door at 9 o'clock with the baby. And I'm fussing saying, you're going to be, you're going to, you're late. You're going to fail your first bell class because you're late every day. You got to get yourself up on time. And they would say things like, well, my mom wouldn't wake me up. Um, and so we decided we were going to fix that problem by giving them alarm clocks here. Set this for the time that you know you need to get out the door, get, get up to get ready so you can get out of the door on time to get to school on time. And, but it was just things like that. Some, sometimes the parents thought it was cute that their 16 year old was having a baby. Several of the ch- uh, girls were victims of sexual assault by older men, but their parents uh, declined to prosecute. I mean, we had one girl who was 16. The father of her baby was 29. So it's, it's, there's a, a whole number of things, you know, that including a lack of um, self-esteem in a lot of ways. Um, they would meet these young men and they would make them feel important, but then, okay, they they engage in this sexual uh, relationship, and they end up getting pregnant. Some of the young men that hung around to be fathers to their children, most of them did not. And so there were lots of things that we learned just from working from this, this, this population of uh, young ladies. And we just tried to give them the messages that they were not receiving at home, like, your body belongs to you. You can control what happens to it. You don't have to give that control to someone else. We talked and we talked about birth control. We talked about the dangers of having unprotected sex. You know, con- including all the diseases that are out there. That that was some education that they were not getting. One young lady said to me, "Miss um, Denise, you talk to me the way that I wish that my mother would." And all we were doing was giving them um, the truth and speaking the truth and love, not fussing at them and saying you're never going to become anything, this is the wrong way, but trying to show them the right way. Okay, you have this baby. That's fine. Let's deal with it the best we can. We're going to provide a good environment for your baby. We're going to show you how to be a a good parent to this this child, help you to understand that when – He's 15 months old and falls out on the floor because he doesn't want to move, that he's not trying to embarrass you. He's, he's 15 months old. <laughs> and that's the stage of his social develop, social and emotional development that um, allows him to do that. It's not because he's uh, trying to get back at you. Just helping them to understand all those things um, and just trying to show them, this is what you can do. This is where you are. This is what you can do. We're going to do everything in our power to help you get there. But you have to want to do it first. Nowadays, Visions no longer focuses on teen mothers, but they still serve families at the CityLink Center in the West End. One thing I want to share about Visions, though, when we still were serving the teen parents, we had a lot of success with those young women. Um I remember the messages that we used to give to them that your your education is your ticket out of poverty. You don't have to be poor and depend on getting a check once a month. You can get your education 
get some specialized training or get a college education and be able to support yourself. That's what we always pushed. And if the girls came to our support groups every day like they were supposed to, and they brought their children to us every day, and they went to school every day except for when they were sick or when their children were sick, they, for the most part, finished the school year um, passing all of their classes. And the ones who were seniors ended up graduating. Now, those were, we started off in the days when everyone had to pass the ninth grade proficiency exam to, in order to get their high school diploma. If the girls didn't um, pass certain parts of it, we found tutors for them to work with them so that they could pass all sections of that exam so they could get their diploma. One year, one of our visions participants was the valedictorian of Taft High School, and she was offered a scholarship to the Ohio State University. We had several young ladies who graduated number two and number three in their class, and it was really heartwarming to us because we always went to their graduations. We were so proud of them, and they always um, acknowledged our program as being one of the reasons that they for, for their success. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Stories Project. The West End Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our reference coordinator, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and help us get discovered by leaving a review. Thank you. We were worried about what was going to happen when they tore down the Laurel Homes and the Lincoln Courts to build um, the City West Project because about half the residents were being displaced from the neighborhood. And I know a lot of them ended up moving to Price Hill and Westwood. Um, and so we, we were just concerned about what that was going to do to the families we were serving. But something interesting happened. Um, even though some of the families we served got displaced from the West End and moved to Price Hill or Westwood, they still brought their children down to Vision. They passed several other programs to get to us, and the reason was they knew that their children were going to be in good hands. They could trust us. They knew that we were going to do the best we could do for their, their children.